Welcome to another edition of Inside the Economy. I'm Larry Howes. Thanks for joining me. I'm only going to talk about a couple of things this time, the U.S. consumer and U.S. businesses. Quick update on the numbers, ISM, Institute of Supply Management, manufacturing and non-manufacturing, they're adjusting down a little bit. Non-manufacturing, the service side of the economy has moved up. Regular manufacturing, not necessarily slowing down, it's more adjusting to the numbers and some errors in data gathering, which we had the last several months. No inflation in the system. Mortgages are down. Unemployment's down to 7.9 on its way down further. Nothing dramatic. Real disposable income for consumers is coming back down. It was up very high there for a little while because there was a lot of extra stimulus liquidity in the system. The $1,200 checks and extra unemployment benefits. That has worked its way through the system and it's very unlikely we're going to get any more before the elections in November. So disposable income is going back to normal. Spending, light vehicle sales, truck sales, back to the trend they were very close. Sales have clearly recovered, as well as working through a bubble in used cars. There are a lot of people that aren't going to do public transportation anymore, or airplanes, or a lot of things, so they went out and bought cars. I don't know what we're going to do with all the light rail and so on and so forth, but the ridership numbers going forward probably won't be that great. Federal Reserve looks back on household net worth. It's an important gauge to them, and it's fairly up to date. The V-shaped recovery in the stock market and almost no loss in the home market, meaning there really lack of bubbles any place to break when the lights went out. Net worth returned right to where it was, about $119 trillion. This is the upper end of the economic food chain. It always is equity in homes, money in the stock market, uh, positive balances in business, so on and so forth. It's not that the economy needed to readjust back down. It is simply moving forward at a slightly slower pace. These are the cities that having more and more unpaid rent going on in the system. Las Vegas is leading the pack. L.A., New Orleans, Portland, and Seattle. Shouldn't be surprised. This forbearance in rent or quit rent, however you want to do it, or abolish rent, is unresolved. This is something else Treasury is going to wait before they issue rules, and the IRS is going to wait to issue rules until after the election. A lot like the forbearance in mortgage payments, which is up here too. Delinquency rate was going up for a little while. It has turned, started to come down. Those people that intend to keep their homes are catching up with the mortgages. But the rules haven't been written yet. To some degree, the penalties of this, foreclosures, they're still in forbearance. And there's a lot of moratoriums on foreclosures across the country. Those start unwinding again after the elections, end of November. Rules aren't written. We won't know what's going to happen to these homes or what rights the lenders are going to have to go recoup their assets. But it's not that the value of most of these homes has collapsed. It's not. It's simply problems with the borrowers. This part of the economy, in this case, under $16 an hour people, 
there were fewer of them, there are going to be fewer of them. Hospitality, transportation, restaurants, fewer of them, fewer of all of those things. That part of the economy has not figured out what it's going to do going forward yet. Making more than $28 an hour, well, they're doing better and growing. It is part and parcel of 80% of this economy has adapted to this environment very well, for the most part, better than it was in February. There's not going to be any recovery in hospitality, travel, or restaurants until there's a viable vaccine. And these sectors are not going to return to business as usual anyway. Things have changed. Restaurants have changed, airplanes, all the rest of that stuff. One of the things that has changed is after the lights went off, April, people started to notice that things are going to change in their world, and there has been an advent of new business licenses. States are aware of what businesses are likely to be employers. So some of the businesses that simply disappeared due to their location, Manhattan, downtown Portland, whatever, those businesses vanished never to return there. They're either moving somewhere else or people that used to work for those businesses or the old owners are trying something else. There's a lot of new expansion. There's obviously a lot of retail space available. So some of these people are leaving that marketplace permanently and trying something else. Very positive. Now, to answer several questions I've had about this, why has this recovery been, what it's like, etc. Two things. One, first of all, monetary base is, in the eyes of the Federal Reserve, the currency in circulation. The reserve balances at banks which is the reserves that they lend from, and they're part of the Federal Reserve System. That's the money that the Federal Reserve gives to the banks to make sure they have lots of cash, liquidity for withdrawals, and to make loans. Very important part of the money supply. The other side of that, M2, that's basically consumers. That's currency held by the public. Checking accounts, savings, small denomination CDs, savings, you know, all of that. Retail money markets are part of that. We've talked about this before. This number is about $11 trillion. M2 is the cash held by consumers that can be spent easily without borrowing. Well, notably, in 2008, a lot of money went into banks as reserves to lend money to support the economy, make sure if people needed cash, it's there. Did a great job. And they did it again here in 20 when the lights went out. Good job, Federal Reserve. The difference is there hasn't been a lot of demand for money on the consumer side. There have been some boats, some new cars, but nothing really dramatic. They didn't need to salvage anything. And a lot of people that got popped out of the real estate market didn't go back into it. So there wasn't a lot of new lending. On the other side, here's M2. Here's consumer's money supply. And it's gone way up. Because one, there's a lot of money. Two, they haven't been borrowing a lot. Three, they just keep it and they aren't spending it. Upper end of the economy, their debt for toys and all that stuff and mortgages has been on the decline for five years. That is continuing. There's not been a lot of loan demand on the consumer side of things. And the big thing, which is all the way, and I knew it took four slides to get here, but it is M2 Velocity. 
if you're worried about inflation and a lot of things in GDP numbers, it's all in velocity of M2. And velocity means how fast money is turning over, how many transactions there are. Pull it out of the bank, buy something, sell that, buy something else. That's velocity. There's no velocity. All this money is here. It's in existence. It's owned. We know where it is. It's sitting in the bank. There's no indication that consumers are going to go out and start increasing the velocity of M2 anytime soon. Forget the elections. It's just more conservative. There's lots of cash available, and it doesn't seem to be going anywhere. This is indicative of a couple of things. Now, if you remember the numbers here a little while ago, the last estimate for the second quarter GDP, we're down 31%. The first estimate for GDP in the third quarter, I'm telling you today, it's going to be like up 30%. It's going to be a huge, quick V recovery. It's not going to go back to where it was or grow as quickly, but it's going to be a big positive number. It's that 80% of the economy that really wasn't affected. Just as a reminder for people, I found this little chart. It is a reminder that the consumer, the U.S. consumer really is the person everybody wants. These are the bulk of the rest of the world's economies relative to the size of the U.S. states. Yes, Texas and Canada are the same size economically. The U.K. is right the same size as California. South Korea, that's New York. Mexico used to hold to be about the size of Florida. It's slipping. Hong Kong, well, that's Minnesota. Germany is a couple of states in the West. Japan is a couple of states, tiny bit more. China is about four or five of the Western states. But comparatively, the entire rest of the world, you can spread out just in the U.S. It is what the consumer in the U.S. does that drives almost everything else. Now, let's shift over to the U.S. business side. The light blue up here is basically price, meaning what the S&P 500 has done. It's done very well. Quick recovery, little correction, a couple of little corrections bouncing right back. It's because of the black line. Those are the estimates of the earnings in the S&P 500. They continue to grow at a good pace. When the lights went out, a few things changed. Some industries dropped off, and we knew there was going to be bad news in the airlines and the hotels, so on and so forth. But everybody else is moving forward just fine. You know, you've seen this chart before. NASDAQ doing very well. S&P 500, small caps. That continues at a pace. I think regardless of what goes on here in November, we have... A lot of good reason to think that the recovery, once we have it, is going to be very sustainable and long-term because of the economics of the consumer. And it is all about the consumer. So to answer a couple of other questions, isn't corporate America really going berserk borrowing money? Well, commercial loans are way up. A lot of those were lines of credit for United Airlines, American Airlines, Disney, Boeing, a lot of these companies that find their marketplace going through, oh, some changes. <laughs> They're all laying off people. And they borrowed a lot of money in anticipation that this was going to return to business as usual quickly. Their markets are not. 
They're figuring it out now. And a lot of new issue of non-financial corporations, meaning non-banks, well, money is cheap. Money is almost free. Without inflation, it is free, given where rates are. So a lot of corporate America with good credit and a very viable bond market are out selling bonds. Well, okay, just the U.S. It's fine. We've got a recovery coming. It doesn't matter what happens in November in a lot of ways. I understand that's a huge event for the media. On the investing side of things, not so much. Anyway, again, I'm happy to deal with questions. Info at shwj.com. And I appreciate you joining me.